Welcome to Loosen Up Your Painting podcast, the podcast for creatives making their art and making a difference to their lives and the world. We discuss how to improve your art, your lifestyle, and grow your creative business. I'm your host, Malcolm Dewey from MalcolmDeweyFineArt.com, and let's begin. Would you like to join Malcolm each month for a live painting demonstration and tutorial? You can also try out the painting for yourself and receive a critique of your work. Plus watch the recordings of all the lessons in HD whenever you want to. Then share your work and chat to other participating artists in the community. All of this is possible when you join Malcolm's Artists Live channel. It is an investment that will pay you back in painting pleasure many times over. Find out more and preview the Artists Live channel then join in the fun. Details on MalcolmDeweyFineArt.com It's my pleasure to introduce my guest today, Michael Magruch. Welcome, Michael. Hi, Malcolm. Good to see you. Great to have you on the show. And I'm um, looking forward to getting into the, the meat of the, the show. But before we do that, let's just um, introduce our guests to you. you tell me a little bit about yourself, where you live, and what you do. I, uh, my name is Michael Magruch. I'm born in Vienna, Austria, and I moved uh, to California when I was 18, uh, around 1820. Uh, and then uh, I'm now in uh, Laguna Woods, right, which is right next to uh, Newport Beach and Laguna Beach. And uh, I'm an artist since I'm six years old. Uh, I... Um, that was the only way where I actually could exist because I couldn't fit into any systems. Um, I was always the outsider. I was, and arts community was the only way where I basically could exist. Um, uh, and it made me also be, um, you know, of, of purpose. Uh, I discovered uh, a lot of, I unveiled my craft and my, uh, abilities through art, you know, and um, that's, you know, I went from uh, literally from DJing to producer fashion shows to uh, television, uh, worked with Robert Evans from, you know, Godfather in Chinatown, uh, co-produced with him, um, was Arts Commission of Newport Beach, was, I mean, so, so like, Everything in my life was about creativity. And I was 35 when I wrote a resume for a show or something. And I realized I didn't even call myself an artist because I wasn't successful, meaning, you know, accolades and everything. And with 35, I, uh, I realized, I said, I, I did, I am an artist. And then I owned it because I, I realized it. And what, that's what I mean with unveiling, you know, art helps you unveil your growth. It, it helps you really see who you are. And then I talk to other people say, do you have the same thing? And most artists says, yeah, they don't call themselves artists because they're not successful in the system. They didn't sell hundred thousand dollar paintings or make music that was all over the world. Yes. Yeah, so it's interesting. You say you knew you were an artist from the age of six and I can say exactly the same thing. It's my earliest memory of uh, drawing and, um, 
I got attention <laughs> from my from from the adults who looked at my work. But I, I'm assuming also from what you say that you are entirely self-taught. Yeah, because I couldn't fit into schools. I couldn't fit into into schools, so I had to. I mean, if you want to DJ, where can you go learn to DJ? That was the first experience in terms of being in society, you know. You had to. If you want to play an instrument, you had to uh, play an instrument. And, and, and what I learned in instruments, I started to play the guitar for two years. And, you know, in our age, you had to learn a classical guitar before you even can look at the electric guitar. And uh, I, I, was, I was completely failure, completely frustration, but I got something wonderful out of it because then I went to percussion and that's where it hits. So it, so this is also what I'm writing in my, you know, in the books about um, art education. It, it's when you are young, give a lot of, don't spend a lot of money on uh, one instrument or lessons. Just let the kid try out because the kid has to find where is, what, 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 is, what is good and what is fun to me because art without fun doesn't work. You cannot create anything if you don't enjoy it or uh, have pleasure with it. And then you won't do it. We can do it, you know, 24 hours. I mean, I wake up in the morning, do art and go to bed with art. Uh, uh, when, when, because that's the power of art, you know. <laughs> Being self-taught, I, I could say the same thing as well. So there we go. And I, I do also believe that being self-taught is a big advantage. Um, but there are a lot of artists that feel without that education or that formal art education, they don't have a real chance. But uh, you say it's just the opposite. You probably have a better chance by just actually learning in the real world. I think the, I think the, um, the reason why is not... It's not obvious, really, because the reason why in the system you're creating is you're creating a product for the system, a song, a painting, whatever, and you create it for the system. So when you go to art school, they kind of want to uh, teach you skill, which is great. I think that the, the skill that they teach you is, you know, if you want to do a landscape and they show me how to do shadows and everything, that's awesome. But the the, the art education, because art is not just a business, the power is in the creation. And when you don't have anybody to show you, you have to discover your how you project your personality, your being into the physical. And when you're taught, no, you have to draw, uh, uh, which was with me. I was horrible in art education. I mean, uh, in drawing. I think everybody got to get an A and I got like a C because I look at a tree and I did this with, I did like two or three years of um, uh, nude painting. You know, what, what do you call that in um, uh, nudes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I was forcing myself to copy the shape. And then, and then I discovered literally at the last, at the last, when that course was out after three years or something, I went, I discovered in the last, I would say half, six months, I discovered that I have to 
make an image of that body in my voice. And then it worked perfectly. I, I you know, people loved what I did. And before I tried and everything was off, all the, all the other things was off. And I don't know if you know, I also was dyslexic, very dyslexic. So, I did, but then I found that and, and, and I would have never found it with art. I would have never had that self-confidence and said, okay, because I got also the feedback. Uh, so, so the feedback of society was, oh, that's great. It's awesome. And I didn't care if my muscles were perfect or, you know, uh, if my facial uh, yes. structure were perfect. You talk about the confidence and the belief in yourself. You know, and that is a huge hurdle for so many artists. Um, we've spoken about the education side of it. You, we can get through that. What other obstacles or or I suppose there are many obstacles or mental blocks for artists to make some sort of breakthrough. How how would you ex speak to an artist like that who thinks they're not ready, thinks that they won't be able to survive, um, that they won't get recognition, that they won't get a gallery looking after them? All of those traditional issues that you may identify as part of the system. How do you explain that to this artist? Um, what's, what should the, be their approach? I think the first, uh, if any artist that I mentor or anybody that comes to me, I, I, I make number one, uh, make him aware. It's a consciousness issue, I think. And that the art that we talk about art is only a business. The, the society, any system talks about art. I was assuming there was this other part because I was experienced the creation. And that's what I think the big misunderstanding is. You create, you feel as an artist and it draws you more and more in because even now, 95, 97% of artists are poor and more people become artists because it is so powerful, but we don't look at the creation process. We only value it the out of the creation process, the result. And that's like creating, a, I always say that's like creating a bike, you know? Uh, and, and when you, when, when, you, when somebody says, Oh, I need to, what, why do I pay you $5,000? And then usually uh, a plumber would say, I, I put a bathtub in, he can define the values. Artists cannot define the values. Artists values because they have never defined themselves over generations. So the starving artist became a moniker. It's, it's just, yeah, it's like, you know, we have never defined ourselves. So what artists, what are the artists saying? I got the price. I have this gallery. So all other things become more important, the system than they, they themselves, even though they are the magician, they create the value that a viewer or an art lover, you know, when what happens when an art lover falls in love with a painting? He ref, he sees the physical manifestation of a non-physical thought and inspiration. So he recognizes that in himself. And the art is in, in all of us because you wouldn't have anybody paying a million dollars for a wing of a uh, of a museum or, or, or art education or whatever, if the people, because they don't pay that to a plumber, 
association. They don't, they don't donate a million. And that's what I'm saying. That's the, the, everybody feels that. And that's why I call artists the inherent superpower of human. But we are not aware of it because we are focusing on the product. And artists have ne never defined their value. So they say it's all about accolades. So if the system says you're good, then you must be good. But that has nothing to do with reality. As you know, there's brilliant artists that never make it. There's brilliant scientists that never make it. There's brilliant whatever uh, nurses that never make it, uh, med uh, medical uh, doctors that never make it, and they're brilliant. So it's extreme with artists because it's not defined and it's not, uh, you know, there's too much art. Also, that's another thing. And the only way to get, if you want the system, and this is the, the, the thing that's the interface that we don't comprehend. There is humans and nature. That's our living beings that were not created by us. And there is a static systems or systems that are created by us with our creativity but they are not needing to sleep. They don't have a biorhythm. They're not needing to go in nature. They just need to grow, grow, grow. So it's not bad that there's an economic system, but it doesn't serve us the way it is now. We need to rethink our relationships to system and have system that adapt, adapt to humanity because without, without humanity, there's no systems. But without systems, there is humanity because we are limitless in our creativity. We're going to survive in one way or another, which you know. Okay, so the artists that, or the young artist listening to this has got to understand that self-awareness is not, and creating and creativity is, is not inconsistent with making a living. You, you're not a sellout if you make a living, but if that is the only thing you're interested in, you may lose your self-awareness uh i think i think you have a choice i mean you could you have a choice if you're aware i i, I think you can do uh, business if but you know the business how can you know even if you put out a, a bicycle it might sell it might not so you have to leave that up to choice i mean look what uh jeff coons does uh, or damon hurst or you know all these super sellers they 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 pump the market, do it like a, a company. Uh, and they use all their creativity in making business. They are artists in business. They use their creativity to create a product that is liked by the maximum amount of people. And as you know, an artist needs two or three patrons and can live because they're falling in love with this patron. So it's, it's, if you have a real, I mean, I know galleries that have literally, they have one, two, they have three branches, New York, Palm Springs, LA, and they have about four patrons that support them for the last last thing because they buy everything they have, they show. So it, you can you can do either. You have a, where you put your creativity, and how honest can you live? I mean, if you say, "Hey, I think I'm not good in creating something fresh, new, me, my voice. I want to do first money and then." I mean, that that's your choice. Uh, you can look at the market and say what sells, what patterns sell, and then create out of reshuffling these patterns, aesthetic patterns uh, and trends, 
uh, and, and create art like that. But the thing is, the market is another life. It's another, it has its own life, meaning very short term. I mean, look at this, there's, there's artists like, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, like, like, you know, like he was like King Kate, but he was, uh, 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 another artist and he's flooded everything with, uh, cruise ships with, uh, everybody. He went on cruise ships, he signed art, he, whatever. And then like a, uh, five years ago or, or five or 10 years ago, somebody came to me and because they know I'm art and, and I know a lot about the function of art and how it works. And they, and he says, and I, I had at least three people coming and said, you know, I paid $25,000 for this and it's not my style anymore. I don't want it. What do I do? And I had to say, go on, go on Etsy because how do you appraise it? And I said, I said, go on Etsy and put that name in. And he, and the people came back to me. They said, I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was just like, there was so much about that artist, you know? And, and so, so this is the, all the risks you have with a regular business you have time 10. So it's better to do a, uh, create a bicycle, get money from creating a bicycle or, or you know, a, a widget or a, 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 another iPhone or whatever. It's better to do that, make money and then do your art. Uh, I think it's 10 times as hard to do art for the market. I think that's, be, and even though now you have AI, you have think that's all created on average. You got to create something that is mind blowing today. Because also another thing I found when I'm working with artists and when I'm at the art festival or whatever, they all believe the walls of, of all customers are white and they just need their painting to put on that wall. That is, see, those things that this is what I call the smart of art. That's what my last book is. You got to be aware of this. If you want to be an artist, you got to be aware not of how to sell better because everybody teaches you, even artists, the only money that it's made is teaching you how to sell. So get more. And so if you have Instagram, they say, you know, get Facebook, no, get TikTok. No, make, you know what? Make a video you're creating, make this. It's just all about the market getting attention and you're not growing. You're not growing as a human. You're growing by, you know, being on the poverty level, you know, just constantly, including, you know, me, I was doing this for a long time, you know? Yeah, there was a, a stage maybe about 10 years ago where the the mantra was that you had to follow your passion and everything would be just fine. And then that sort of changed and it became, you, you can follow your passion, but don't give up your day job. And then uh, after COVID, of most people started losing their day jobs, and and now there is this probably a real glut in the market with with art that was hasn't been sold. Maybe it is the perfect time for artists to get back to that self awareness you're talking about and find a higher meaning or a deeper meaning. And uh, if you can. Just comment on that. And also, how does the artist find their, their voice, the, the true voice, not the economics? Okay. I have uh, started in 2015. I have started in Laguna Beach a, a movement that's called the Self-Aware Art Movement. 
which was basically the start of all my work. This drew me in into all my work about the voice. And I was one of the first guys that even used that term all the time for paintings, music, everything, uh, which is basically a reflection of your essence of out of gender, out of race, out of culture. It is Markham and it's Michael. So I'm trying to find what is Michael, you know, uh, non-gender. What is my essence? And, and there's a process I developed and I can send that to you and you can forward it to your listeners. Um, there's a process you go through because I want artists. It doesn't help me if I survive and nobody else. I want to, I want to see the consciousness. And I, this is the best uh, voice process that I've found. And I've, 100 graduates and they're all happy. Uh, you can look on my YouTube video and all this stuff, what people say about it. Because I don't look at art the normal way. I'm, I'm, I'm self-taught and, and I don't fit, you know. So I have to get the most out from the creation. And I think one thing is the voice. So when you look at my paintings, uh, I can, because what the voice is, it's the interface between the growth and the unveiling of your essence that you have when you create, that's the valuable. And it's the, the, that the static market can use that expression and put it into keywords, put it into, you know, can actually sell it. So even if you get, if you can define your voice, first of all, you learn how, who you are. And you get self-confidence by doing that process because all of a sudden you don't have to think, why should I buy your painting for a hundred thousand, hundred thousand painting? You say, Hey, I mean, you, you look, go in a room and that's my painting. You don't look at the room. You look at the painting. That's me. But I'm very, as you already see, I'm very outgoing, uh, loud mouse, whatever you call, want to call me. I'm, I'm a loud person. So my, my, my art is very loud. So, you know, but I can say that to you and you in a system, if you have nothing about things, I said, okay, I see he's loud and his art is loud too. And there's the connect, you know, and then the person can say, yeah, do I want loud out? And see, then it's up still to the, to the buyer because it says, am I wanting loud art that draws all the things of my interior design where I spent millions of dollars to get my interior design you know, I want, I don't want them to look at, at Michael's art only, you know, but if you want a focal point and you want that experience where you look at my art and then from looking at my art, go and see the interior, that's, yeah, which never matches. I never want, I, I would never, but that's up to you is, uh, but that's what I'm saying is the voice. You are absolutely right, Markham. The voice is the First step, first is co um, consciousness of there's two market, there's two things, the selling and the creation. And the selling and the creation don't fit together. They fit, they don't fit because we are living humans with biorhythms, seasons, uh, feeling better and, and worse and needing to sleep. And the market doesn't. And the market is very short circle. It, it's a trend. It's the latest. It's the whatever. And you need to be aware of that. But to communicate between those two is voice, is defining your voice. I think um, it sounds also that the when the artist has developed or found their voice, as you say, um, there's a 
a greater sense of authenticity and believability that perhaps the collector will become aware of or as you mentioned yourself you describe yourself as a loud person and your art corresponds with that as well and and you are not trying to hide who you are um, and uh, I think a lot of artists may be just trying to create a persona or trying to just um, create a, an image that isn't authentic it doesn't come through with their art very well said Malcolm very well said because this systems in systems don't tell the truth they have no wisdom so people are so frustrated which you see now in the world right and artists are, are I think the ones that can actually be guideposts for truth for honesty for self-acceptance i am who i am but see if the system always comes in and and tries to take that away then that's a hard thing but the image you need to say it's not it's, it doesn't care what i think about me because i could there was times i hated myself that i was loud you know what i mean because the system says don't be loud you know so you are you hit the point you just right because it's not Art, look at, I'm just saying Basquat from, and I'm not a specialist in Basquat or in art history or anything, but that kid was so disturbed. And the, the, the reason that he was surviving was by expressing himself, himself, not Warhol, not other people. He expressed himself. On the, on the art. And look, this is one of the most uh, expensive uh, sellers because people, humans, we are still the superpower. Humans are the intimacy and everything. And they feel the true, the, the, the trueness of his uh, humanness in that. Even if it's defunct in court, according to society, even if it's not right in according to society, but people that, and mostly people that are wealthy, that work a lot, that it's all about money, they need that genuinity. They need to feel, okay, that is a real person. Not, it starts perhaps first, oh, he's so screwed up, I'm so good. But then they find something more in it because the truth, and then they find the humanity in it, right, Markham? We know it, you know, we know it because right. we deal with it all the time by creating. But these people don't. And they get, they get to shine a light on uh, in the disturbing, they shine a light on, uh, you know, uh, on things. That makes me think of um, the issue of trust as well. Um, I remember seeing a video not too long ago. I think it was Damien Hurst. He was standing in front of 20 canvases and just flicking paint on each one. And uh, I was looking at the comments on the video, and for the most part, people are saying, you know, this guy is a shyster. But even if it doesn't matter, he's an artist in selling. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying. You know, there's nothing new. Uh, it's, it's, not, it's not my personal point of view as such, because creating is creating. But I think a perception amongst a lot of the public is, hang on, that, that's too easy. He must be cheating. 
you know, he's not, it's funny, his process, when I look at his process, his process is, you know, he, he did the, the dots. He was, and I think what's with Damon is he, he creates a project, brought it, he creates a project that he, a product that he likes. He's a product guy. He's like a guy that creates bicycles, right? He creates a, he creates, and, and, and I think that's totally okay if he's conscious. If he doesn't want to be the airy fairy, I'm interacting with Godly's uh, creation, you know? If, if he says, I'm creating a product, fine. And you're an artist still because you need to create a, uh, everybody's an artist, you know, because you need to create a product that sells in, in, in the thing. And he did these this circles, which, by the way, is not his original, but he liked that product of it. And we all, there's the interaction with all humans. We, we, we take from others and go further. But there's a 1937 artist that did circles exactly like he started with the circles, you know, with the little dots, you know. And now the dots came, actually, I think his work is now more genuine because it becomes the flick of the wrist of his wrist, the flick of, you know, putting it on versus having assistants making concentric uh, circles and painting them, you know. But, you know, from the factory, he had all the assistants and every, you know, and they, and just, he just, just said, okay, that red is a little too high, make it darker. So, you know, or, or, I mean, he didn't even touch the basically painting. And now, as a matter of fact, because of COVID and all this stuff, he touches physically the painting. And I think that has more value than, than, the, than, than a factory, you know. Yeah. Now, you've also um, in, written your book. You mentioned a bit earlier the, the smart of art. And you also got your own past podcast as well. Just tell us a bit about how your uh, how you've written about and, and describe your art as a as a means of helping yourself, healing, a rest- restoration. Um, how pivotal has that process been for you personally? So, so everybody that writes book writes them for themselves. It's like creating. It, it, literally, the value of creating a book. Creating a painting, creating music is to learn about yourself. And you get so, basically, it's a reflection. Instead of, you know, going to an assistant to somebody else, you learn in the reflection of what it is. And I could never understand why so many artists are poor. And that made me do the last book. First of all, was a previous book was How to Place Art. Because when I was a public arts commissioner, I saw sculptures and I saw the and uh, the, 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 the lack of knowledge of there is like a skill of how to hang a painting where it can engage you. And for me, it was not because there's 15, when you go into Google, there's 15 different very, uh, heights that you put a painting. And I brought it down to, I brought it to an essence. I said, if you can keep walking into the painting, then you connect and you can test this yourself. If you ha- hang it too high, it will all of a sudden it will cut this, uh, this connecting will cut. If you hang it too low, it's, it's good. It's funny. It only happens if a painting is hung too high because then art becomes more. There's also psychological things, but it's more intimidating. People are intimidated by art anyway. So the high is, it, it's very simple, but I, I had to write a book to figure that out, you know? And I figure out that light, you can't, like, there were statues at night, they were not lit. I said, you take an 
80% of the engagement factor if you don't light a statue at night, you know, in a city, you know? So, so, so you, you're working daylight and then at night there's no light. So the good lighting of, of a, sta- a statue, you know, uh, brings out the spirit and is engaging because people love it, you know? So what was the question? I, I, I lost the question. Uh, oh, got it. Got it. Uh, so, so I had to learn in this last, in the smart of art, I, I went to, I'm basically telling you the same things that I'm telling you here, just more on a, bro- a broader base. I look at curating. I look at placing art. I look at acquiring art. I look at the selling art from a human perspective, not from the system. From the system, you can, you can read up anywhere. But where to connect, because art is, is inherent in us, and how do you connect with the art buyer and how you appreciate your own work uh, also. And I, that's why I say there's the art creation. I call it the essence of art, the knowing the function of the essence of art and the, the, the business. And I the, the podcast is, I said, how can I do generation, change generation to have that awareness and not suffer? So... I said, you know, because we we also, I think, artists need to be really aware. And that makes you getting right out of your poverty energy of your self-pity and victim. We are the stewards of being, of the being of human beings. Meaning we, when you go into the art community, there is no, oh, race, gender, uh, it, we all work on this project. We get it done. Look at any theater p- production or whatever. Yeah, there are there egos? Yeah, there will always be egos. But basically, it's we together, we create something. And it doesn't matter if you're gender, race, sexuality. It doesn't matter. Nobody asks uh, a painter, like, is this painter gay, black? Or you don't even know. And that's what I'm saying. That's the power of art. We don't even know who painted that. Could be a 12-year-old child or a 90-year-old homosexual gay guy or whatever. You know, it's a, what, what that big, that's why I'm saying the system <laughs> defines you and then it becomes reality. And, and we, we, we are humans and humans is the number one. And number two must be uh, our nature because that's our habitat and both we haven't created. And that's why we need to be number one. And to keep that through, to, 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 to keep that legacy alive to the next generation, next generation of artists uh, for humanity, that's why art is the, are, the, are, the, are the stewards of keeping the human being. We are human doing. You don't need both. You need, you need to do. You, you, yeah. But we are the human being alive, the essence of what it means to be human. And that's why the 20, 20 to 30 seconds just quotes and questions just to make you aware. Like they become aware when they listen to us. I think you're absolutely right about the about art being the essence of human. Um, clearly, we create things out of nothing, and, and that is a form of art. But is there now such a disconnection with in the general population such a distraction going on that art just seems a frivolous sideshow it is in the system yeah art is in the system that's why i'm saying you cannot you cannot uh, access the you cannot assess the value of uh, uh, what art 
in the system because it's a product. In the system, it's a product. And uh, and you say, oh, we're in a crisis. The artists also believe that. They believe that they wouldn't be poor. Uh, so, so we need to find what art is. And that's why I wrote the book. And that's why I do the podcast. I mean, I have 300 quotes that I created and I'm not finding it. I'm just unveiling it. Like in our discussion, you say something, I say something. Oh, that's an, another clarity that you have or I have, you know? And, and I, that's why I'm, my podcast is, you know, the art, also the smart of art podcast, the power and art of creativity. You get it on any platform. It's 20, it's free. It's 20 to 30 seconds. It has a quote and a question. Just that you start reflecting your humanness and that interaction. I, I would recommend uh, that every artist listen to it because you take that quote, that 20 seconds you spend, and you, you take the question. And if it doesn't do anything to you, just discard it. But if it does something, then allow it to, and by you being conscious and thinking about it, even in a completely different way that I do, we're creating a new consciousness as a whole on this globe for humanity and for first for artists and then for humanity. Because the artists, I say, once you're conscious of something, you can't go back. If, 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 if somebody that listens to this podcast says, no, no, Selling is the holy grail. There's all the magic in it. You can't do that, especially an artist. If he listens to this podcast, for example, you know, and and I think that's why I think that's the only I couldn't come up with a better solution because I'm going to podcasts. I mean, you're one of yeah, many that I go, I go to as many because I want to distribute. I have nothing to sell. I want to distribute. I mean, you can hire me for consulting or whatever. But uh, or lecturing or, or education, uh, but but you, I'm selling basically a consciousness. I'm because I think we don't need to buy more uh, more technology. We don't need to get more apps. We don't need to be on more websites. We, don't, I mean, actually, artists are better than business people that I worked with with social media and everything else. But they they can't come to creating art. Because they're creating social media and they're creating, they're putting all their energy in social media in the in the, the into the system, and they don't even get, they live of likes. They don't, you know, it's it's a. I know a guy that has three likes, two likes, no likes on YouTube, and I know he's the highest paid coach that works to, for the one percent, for the one percent of humans. So it has nothing to do with numbers. Is a system conditioning. The more numbers you have, look at look at your, your look at your purse. If you know where is your effort, where is your return? I mean, you you're giving this gift of of, of experience reality, and, and that's why humans are also better because they go to nature, and that's why they all paint nature because they see the prettiness, they see the. Uh, uh, this wonderful uh, place that we live in, you know, and that's what that's what's the humane. You can't buy; it's priceless. We, we play with the priceless, you know. Uh, in the past, I guess in in ancient times, artists were part of the society and had that important function, that sacred function, and then that just progressed over time. And at some point probably in the last two centuries, it's become a commodity. And what I'm, 
I think what we find is the biggest struggle is simply trying to get the uh, the non-artist to appreciate art or uh, that's ver- such a that's such a very simple uh, thing to say but it's it's not just enough for all artists to get together and tell ourselves how important we are how do we get that message across to people uh, and f- so they can once again connect with the importance of art okay this is awesome too because I, I wrote that in my book. In the old day, in the old times, they were exactly what you said. People were part of your society, but what kind of part of society were you? If, unless you were one of Damon Hurst's, Damon Hurst and Jeff Koons are part of the society, and they were highly revered, you know, uh, by art connoisseurs, not perhaps, but they are highly revered. So they were allowed to. You know, th- th- somebody saw how they can draw and then there was no internet, there was no Netflix, there was not nothing. And they said, hey, come and live in my castle in one of my 500 rooms and the kitchen is going to give you some scraps and you can survive with your wife and, and, and paint for me, you know, paint me. And then they told them, paint me on a bigger horse, make me more taller, you know, whatever. And, and or make the music that makes me happy, you know. And, and so it's it's we were contract workers all the time. And. I think it shifted to because, and this is what we really get, this is really deep, and it goes, we shifted to art was first a part of humanity and humanity was kind of balanced, society and humanity, yeah? except, you know, woman and man, gender. But, but, but then it took out over more and more, and, I, and more and more people became artists. And so the, the, I remember my time even, because my, my uncle is a, was a master teacher at the academy in Vienna. He, he was poor. And I know that because my parents bought for, for a couple of dollars, his etchings or whatever, you know, and, and his paintings and he needed to sell. I know he was, but at, when you reached a certain age at that time and somebody mentored you, which, you know, or you had friends to work together because artists are still unbeatable when they work together. Um, you, there were less artists and more uh, audience. Now there is almost, almost everybody does art in some way or form. And, and it's too much before it was like, you know, there were five artists and you had to wait for a painting two years, three years. It's like Junker and now you have to wait for a painting to get it. And it was a status symbol still. It wasn't like the love of art, but it's from the market perspective, it was different. And now you have everything. It's like, you know, when I created uh, business cards for four or $5,000, now you can get a business card, card that is created with the AI and you can do it yourself for, and it, and it looks good, you know, for $60. You know, you get a branding for $60. How can you, so that is, a consciousness issue, not, and how can we sell ourselves that the, the future artists are not poor and starving? We need to be exemplary, knowing that we are that, because the moment you know you are a steward for that, if you know it and not, if you're better or, or worse than another, it doesn't matter, but that's your function. That is your function in, in, in this thing, and that's not like a job. 
that is a, a vocation, like a priest, that is, you, you are that. It's almost religious. Would you say it's still important for an artist to be on the top of their game and to constantly work and improve their art? Or is it simply just enough to make your mark and say, well, there it is. There's your, your words in God's name. Uh, yes, you never stop, but you have to get first the bug like I do. I mean, you can feel I have the bug to know what my purpose is and what art is, you know, like the power of art. And I didn't invent it. I made not the rules. I just unveil and say, I'm looking. And if the artist stops looking at where he needs to look, which means inside, not outside, and then see how the outside reflects the inside. That's where the artists need to look and not looking how you can manipulate it, a static system that's not living. Art is a living thing. It's a, it's a reflection of a living process of in, in, non-physical and physical. Non-physical. You, you get an imagination or an inspiration and you create art and you play with that. And you say, oh, I think it's yellow. And I say, oh, I mean, I say, I mean, there's no, uh, uh, you know, um, writer's block, I think. Because the easiest way to do it is going into the moment also, you know. It's it's starting to focus and focus, need, the artist can focus on, yes, on the moment. And when I say, for example, you have a writer's block or I have a painting block, if I would have that, I don't have that, but I've never had that. But, but I know I coach people and I say, you start with, any project with allowing yourself, you know, making the choice for a minute, two minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes, you, that's up to you, whatever feels right. Because you need to learn yourself. You cannot create something when you don't know yourself. And you say, let's have a picture. Canvas, the color is red. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting red and I'm taking my brush and feel the red, what is the right red? And then I, whatever comes to mind, I made it. And if nothing comes to mind, I made a dot. I make a dot. And then I said, "What?" And then look at it. And then I might be saying, "No, I'm not into our uh, painting today. I leave." And then I come back and look at that painting. And then I will say, "Oh my God, that needs yellow. Oh my God, that needs to be another orange or something," because your higher aspects, your non-physical, are talking to you. And that's what we're doing basically. The real artist, not the artist that wants to just copy some stuff, you know, and making money. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm saying the value is in that absolutely fresh new creation. And that's why art always needs to be honored by humans. And if, because everything that is constructed for like building a high rising or uh, creating a park or creating anything in the world, you know, coffee maker or whatever is based on, on on a constriction that means it's like it's like going in the in the world and selling something to sell it so you need to nurture the limitlessness of creating out of create for creative sakes art creating for art sakes not for i'm doing this i'm doing that no you don't do any you create for the creation sakes and that's the highest absolutely highest that you come because you have also, as an artist, no reference. You need to work out of no reference. That's the power. That's the endless power. 
it's hard to sell that. I know I'm not saying it is easy, but if you want to take advantage, if you want to, that you are, there's a reason why you are in art. And, and you all say, oh, I make a lot of money. It doesn't matter. It's a reason you are an artist. Yeah. And because otherwise everybody wouldn't be an artist and more and more people become artists because they prefer to be human than being in a static system. Yes. I think when you, as you're describing that, that process of, of, consciousness and awareness it makes us realize that um, if you value yourself and the importance of what you're creating then maybe others will value you but if you plug into simple economics of the system it really eventually turns you into a beggar where you're starting to give discounts and you you're begging for sales and the fact that you've created a work of art becomes irrelevant. You know, it's it's um, it's it's not irrelevant. You also need to know that you don't have the power. You don't have the power to to create it in a system that goes by a product. It doesn't matter how honest you are in creating. I mean, the chance will be higher that somebody, uh, another human being, recognizes that process. And however that their art looks or whatever is secondary, they just feel that energy and they say, wow, I feel it in me that this, this is a creation. But they also have to understand that I create a creation. Once it's created, it is a, it, it is a, it is a, uh, it is a project, a, a product. But the thing is, there was something that you, you said, um, that was, uh, was a key word, uh, um, the realization, it's, it's the realization of, I think therein is the, is the, is the value. Uh, people don't realize it. It's, it's like, a, it's like if I get an iPad and a MacBook, I, I think people, the humanity looks at art like they're looking to use a MacBook a book as a placemat. Literally, they say, we don't know, you know, it's a placement. It's the greatest placement. It's aloe. It's beautiful. You know, I could have, think, it's a placement. And perhaps there's here and then some people that open that little lid. Oh, there's a light too. I can use that as a nightlight. That's how you, I think humanity looks at art. And if we can change that as in our being, then people will all of a sudden be interested in art. Because what I tell you, is interested and what you tell me to our conversation is to totally not art history. Oh, let's see what Michelangelo did. And what do you think that that is so nebulous? Like that, uh, uh, the last uh, Da Vinci sold whatever, or you know, on Sotheby's. And I said, Do you think Da Vinci cares if he, after his death, sold for 80 million? It is so irrelevant to Da Vinci. And to his art, it is only relevant to the system because it's demand. It's a commodity. Like you said, it's a commodity. And and the, and the only way out of commodity is creating true worth and also for yourself. Because you're not, when you create really, you, you also get your self-confidence up. You get your judgmental stuff up because you can't be judgmental in art when you create. And you get all this stuff. So it's it's a growing process. Like you can pay a hundred thousand dollars for a self realization course, 
or you can create art. If you're, if you're aware of art and not of the market, it's the best self-realization that you can ever find and make notes and make, you know, uh, document your process and, and, and listen, for example, to us or the, the, my podcast to hear other people. I get a tremendous, uh, pleasure out of talk art, you know, that, that, um, podcast in the English podcast. Um, and of the two guys, it's, it's, it's amazing, uh, 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 because artists tell about their creation process and I see where I'm correct. And I, I haven't found any faults, what they experience and what I write in the, the, the smart of art. And, and they're more on the wisdom. They're more on our side, but they're kind of in the middle. So if you ask me how to sell, I would listen to that podcast too, because it, it is, so where I am only on the scientific side, so but understanding of human of artists, as the artists understand what they're doing, they are more in the middle between that, the wisdom of art, how it touches you and whatever, and how to get, you know, they're talking to Tracy M and and, and and also, you know, talking very famous artists too, you know, Jeff Koons. And it's interesting what they have to say about the creation process. And I think that's that's where you know we we're missing uh, uh, we're missing a tremendous the mentoring is almost gone because the market took over so much, and time is money, and you don't even want to mentor. You don't see the value. So basically, what we're doing here, we're opening the eyes and say, look, you're already rich. You just don't see it. You are already a MacBook. You have all the functions, but you use it as a placemat, you know. And 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 and, and it's much more, you know. Michael, tell us uh, briefly about um, your own art. What what you're working on? What you're creating? Uh, a little bit about your style. Okay, that's a great question. So, so I'm not painting right now, even though I create digitally some stuff. I, I paint digitally because I need to paint. You know, I need to do that. Um, I uh, I do still some music. I am right now. I'm so into the writing this because the, the flow comes in from the writing side. And it's so exciting to me. So I'm writing on my sixth book for which is the creativity, how the how we with creativity, how we can change, adapt systems to serve humans versus humans uh, serving systems. Um, and that is so engaging, but so much comes in. And I said that before every artist, and I was doing everything uh, uh, as you saw my my, my bio. Every artist is a multi-dimensional artist. You're not just one, a one-trick pony, and which also reflects your limitlessness. That's why artists are good in, in social media because they can apply their creativity and how to think. But only there's no demand. See, the key for us humans, for artists, is the demand or the payment. It doesn't even matter if people, if humanity knows this is our essence foothold of being human and not having this race extinguish. It shows you the op optimal, uh, you know, it's the most objective history teller art. Uh, you know, nothing is because it's not the system that writes the history. When you look in the system says this was a horrible time. And then you look at 1900s at paintings, where is the horrible time? You know what I mean? So, uh, it's the most objective stuff. And when people say, when people realize that, then, then the artist can 
till they really own their power. And actually, we can start with human potential because basically all that is, is artists are the beginner of any human potential, not making systems better or worse or having system navigation from both sides, the management and the navigation. That's life force that is wasted on that. Our life force should be created in, in how can we have a more intense, beautiful experience uh, when you see something, uh, uh, I see something. When when we talk, that's why the healthy discourse is one of the, uh, I think, the second uh, human superpower. Because I'm not looking at being right or you, or you and see, but artists have an easy with that because it's not in art, in the energy of art. It's not about right or wrong. That's the, because every artist, and nobody's an artist if they say it's this right or wrong. For me, nobody, I mean, if th there is no right or wrong, that just is. You don't have to buy it. You don't have to be it. That's why I say to every art lover, you can, you can go in a museum and be indifferent to a painting. That doesn't mean you don't know art. That doesn't mean anything. You run into humans that don't tell. You're not talking to every human on, on the street, right? It's just, it's just, it's just, and, and, and I think that's, by talking that we, right now, we're doing human potential work because we we expand our existence, yeah? Yeah, Michael, it, it sounds that you are actually optimistic about the human condition. Right now, we seem to be facing such a lot of negativity. Um, it's, uh, I think that's another function. Well, it is one of the big functions of artists is to show people the alternative life that we could that we can have um, a life of awareness appreciation of beauty uh, it would be it would be great that's our job you know it's inherent uh, our job we, we, yeah. it's not we, we, we can choose it we can accept our, our, our heritage or we cannot you know and I think understanding is a big thing and artists because they've never defined themselves, they weren't looking for values in art. It's not, I can't blame the artists that they're all for a generation poor because we have never started. If I would have written that book when Da Vinci was alive, it would be a totally different story. You know what I mean? So if I was aware, but, but it, I think the world wasn't right. My consciousness wouldn't gotten that if I was alive at uh, Da Vinci's time. So we often learn from adversity, you know? I mean, I was a sick child as a little, and, and I mean, look at my adversity, sick child, uh, dyslexic, couldn't work in anything, wasn't except, but always outside. And I found this by default. I wasn't saying, it's almost like it, it, reality pushed me into, slammed me into the art and art community. It wasn't like, oh, I chose to be an artist. And then I, you know, I, I, I chose that later. So let's have a look at a few things uh, that you like. Uh, let's start with books. What is your favorite book? The Power of Now. Ekatole, the, the Power of Now. Because it is exactly what art does. It, 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 it describes all the things that you read this. The, it's almost like, what, it's okay, I read a book, what can I do? I said, start creating art, then you can experience the book. And it's the best, it's the most accurate description. He defines humanity 
you know, how humans function and how you function with your mind constructs and all this stuff. And it's not a deep book. It's, it's, it can be deep, but you just listen to it. Get an audio book and listen to it. But it is completely parallel to creating art. And also he talks about the beauty also a lot and aesthetics and, and it's, it, that's why this is absolute. And I'm not a reader because I'm dyslexic, you know, so I'm listening to all this stuff. I think that's one of the attractions of we as artists, when you're creating art, you're living in the now and nothing else matters. And if you're appreciating the art of, of an artist, you're also in the now, in that moment, appreciating it. And uh, that is, the, uh, it is so critical, I think, to drag people away from the distractions of the media that is trying to keep us in fear or perhaps just off-center. You know something's wrong, but you're never quite sure what. That's just part of the system at work. That's why my six books so, is, a, is about the system. You have to be a, it's a consciousness because on the other side is also creativity. We wouldn't be, you know, we wouldn't be eaten up in, into, that's the big, big distraction for humanity. We wouldn't be eaten up in media, in conditioning and all this stuff if we didn't, if we had a good relationship with systems and people couldn't hide behind systems and, 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 and we could be distorted because the hiding it creates the distortion. But it's all about creativity. If, if it's all, if you understand creativity and I think you you will have, because I confirm what you confirm what I say you I confirm what you say so that therein is is truth you know uh, because we are experience experience is wisdom it's experienced knowledge it's not knowledge knowledge gets old very quick Michael are you uh, teaching this to to artists are you consulting with anyone at the moment or you um, and if so how can they get hold of you um, they can get a hold of me. Michaelm.com is my hub. There's uh, the books, the coaching, the, the uh, you know, everything is there. Uh, you know, the social media. So Michaelm.com, Michael with two L's. And there's my phone number and everything. So you, you know, um, you can co contact me. We can do, I, I really am interested in creating a new art education. Because obviously this this needs to be taught to people that are getting bitten by the bug and want to be artists first. Not, I mean, it's also, you know, I have the advantage with you that you already feel that you have the wisdom that I can just seal it in by you, you know, you, you confirm me or I mean uh, you, but I don't want some, why are you going the detour? You know what the sad thing is with art education? Art education teaches you art history, which is relevant or not. It's up to you to decide that, you know, you see, obviously you have pattern recognition in that and which helps you in the, in the learning. It helps you in the expression, in the market, but to find yourself, it doesn't do. And, you know, because it says, you know, we don't only representational or the Royal Academy of Art is doing this, or this is us. So you're not finding self-voice, you're finding what's successful in the system because art education itself is a system. And the sad thing is that even if you get a uh, Masters of Fine Art, there's two things that are, are said. 
first of all, uh, from a hundred people that get a master's of fine heart, as I know it from the German speaking room, because I talked to a professor there, uh, there's a, there's a key that from hundred people that get a, um, a degree, a master degree of art, only three, which confirms the 97%, 95%, three get a job in art. They are not going to be Jeff Koons. They're not going to be Damien Hirst. They, three people get a job in art. Now, the set, the, the sick thing about this is, um, the um, second most income of the cars in Germany is culture. Why these people don't add up in culture, that I don't know. But I can tell you, the second biggest thing in, Germ in the German-speaking market is culture. So why wouldn't even, and this is what I'm saying, the ineffectiveness of art education. Because you don't learn for the system you know, second in, in, in that, and you don't learn for yourself to find. So when an artist comes out, and I you hear that on talk art very often, so they come out and said, you know, I didn't learn anything. I got my degree, and now I have a gallery that wants my art. I can't even fill out a, a form of an inventory form. See, at least in a business degree, that's why I'm saying it's more honest. In a business degree, I can look at the balance sheet. They cannot fill out if they get chosen because it's already programmed in that subconsciously they're not going to be chosen. So what's important is to sell the art education and not the, not, not the human potential to lift our humanity up. It's the, um, the, it makes no sense. And this awareness is important, that people are aware. Not that say, oh, our systems are horrible. Academia is horrible. Academia is great. When you know what you want to do, and you have already found your medium and you go and get it in, in, you know, in painting in, uh, and you want to study that. You, you, you know your voice and you want to study your uh, landscape painting or portrait painting. There's nothing better than academia because you get the whole history and everything. But the awareness, there's neither awareness from the systems nor awareness of the, of the uh, artists or or. You know, it, it, we are all unaware. That's why I say this crisis that we see is just because we are unconscious that we keep repeating the crap. Absolutely. Um, unconsciousness is such a big problem. Um, there is, is such a tremendous thirst for appreciation of art. But I think, uh, I think so many artists need to step back and uh, listen to some of your words and reconnect with what is their driving force and and find that value that they sense deep down but bring it up again and and live it you know don't be afraid you're, you're beautiful uh, beautiful you. what would you do very much <laughs> it's been a it's been a really interesting and uh, illuminating chat with you um, i thank you very much for that i'm going to encourage as many people as i can to uh, visit your website, get in touch with you, or at least, at the very least, get inspired and uh, find themselves. That's all I want, themselves. inspiring. Because you see in this talk, you see in this talk, I actually what I sell, I proved in this talk. We co-created something completely, and, it, and you can listen to all my podcasts, they're all different. Because I don't prepare, 
but I co-create with this host. I'm not telling the host anything. The host doesn't tell me anything, but we co-create. And I hope people get that human potential that's in us when we just, the superpower of dialogue, That's I think that's why we go intuitively into so many podcasts now. This is, you know, it, we, we, we freeing what's in us. We, free, we, we find back that we are one human race, one human race, not gender, race, or sexuality. And we are the stewards for that. We, we have to be the leaders for that. No, you're right. Somebody has to just remind everybody. And you can do it in the smallest of ways, just in a conversation with somebody. I just uh, dial, dial things back a little, calm the emotions down, and just reconnect with what we have in Thank common. You, and that's my interview with Michael Magruch, artist, writer, and inspiration. Don't forget to check out more about Michael on his website at michaelm.com. That's a Michael with two L's. And find out more about his work and uh, what he's up to and uh, connect with him on social media as well. Thanks very much for joining me on the Loosen Up Your Painting podcast. Be sure to subscribe. Visit loosenupyourpainting.com to hear all the other episodes as well. And you can also subscribe there or follow the podcast on your favorite podcast channel. And of course, on my YouTube channel, be sure to subscribe to this channel and you won't miss the next painting video or podcast as well. Until next time, cheers for now.